Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for August 30th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus, and right now we're flowing in this vein where we are studying the parable of the talents. Well, we've been studying this parable for a few days, for over a week now, and I trust that you've been enjoying it. If you missed the previous messages, you should go back and check that out. So we've been learning lately some lessons from the unfaithful steward, some life lessons from the unfaithful steward. This is actually part three of that. So as we go through this, I want you to open up your heart. We've been learning a lot from the unfaithful steward. You, sometimes you learn what to do. Sometimes you have to learn what not to do. So so like I said, if you missed yesterday's message, Joanne says, hey, it was amazing. Now, it was, yesterday's message was, was great. It was great. It was a blessing to a lot of people. So if you missed yesterday's message, go back and check that out. But open up your heart now to receive what God is about to release in your life today. All right, so let's get into the word uh, for this morning. Get this over here. Hope that you're ready to receive. All right, here we go. So uh, there's a scripture we've been looking at pretty much every day this year. Uh, it's a scripture that at our church we believe is, uh, is, is lined up with what God wants to do in our lives in this season. And we believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So we've been looking at Psalms 126 and verse 4 pretty much every day. I'm going to put this through your ear gate one more time to get it down in your heart. If there's any area of your life that dried up, this is a season for the Lord to refresh you. Say, Lord, refresh me. Say, Lord, do it again. So the Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Our confession in this season is that dry hearts will be drenched again. If there's anyone anywhere that is connected to us, if they have any area of their heart that went dry, put in the chat, no dry areas for me. This is a season for the Lord to drench you again. So let's look at this parable one more time. This is Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 14, all, dropping all the way down to verse 30. This is what he said. He said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a wealthy man that went on a long journey. journey. And before he left, he summoned three uh, of his servants and he gave them financial stewardship responsibilities. To one man, he gave five talents of gold, to another two talents of gold, to another one talent of gold. And, and the Bible says that it was given to them according to their ability to manage, right? So the one that got one, there's a reason why he only got one. That, that He had proven that, that that's kind of where he was in this level of development. The one that got two, there's a reason why he got two, right? And and so look around. Where are you? Stop comparing yourself to other people. But if you do compare yourself and say, what, Lord, why have you given him more or her more? Well, there's a reason <laughs> you are where you are, right? I mean, so it's according to your ability to manage. And, and there's this principle that in the kingdom of God, if you prove yourself faithful over little, God can give you charge over much. All right. So to the one that he was, uh, that was entrusted, the Bible says with five talents, he went out and doubled the money. The one with two talents, double the money. The one with one talent buried a hole. I mean, dug a hole, buried the talent inside of the hole and covered it up. After much time had passed, the master returned. And he wanted to settle accounts. And so to the one that was given five talents of gold, he said, hey, master, look, I doubled your money. And the master said, man, that's awesome. 
because you made me win. Guess what? If I win, you win. When God wins, we win. When we win, God wins, right? I mean, so he's like, okay, cool. So you doubled the money. Guess what? You have been, you've proven yourself to be faithful and trustworthy. And get not only that, because you, you managed what you had well, you were faithful over little well. He called little, he called five talents of gold, which was over $10 million. He called that little. He said, I'm going to give you much. I'm going to give you much, much more. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. The guy with two was like, well, hey, master, I doubled the money too. I was like, okay, good. You get the same reward. It's not because he had more that. No, it's a, no, no. You, you managed what I gave you and you basically did the same thing that he did. And so you have been trustworthy. You have been loyal. You have been faithful, right? And you manage little. I'm going to give you charge over much and turn out to the joy of the Lord. The one that got one, he said, well, I know that you are someone who is hard. You're a hard man to please and you're a shrewd businessman and you get rich off of the backs of other people. Look how disrespectful this guy was to the master. He says, I was afraid of you. And because I was afraid of you, I buried the money. I didn't do anything with it. But now that you're back, here, take it. It's yours. I don't even want it. The master said to him, you are untrustworthy and you are lazy. <laughs> and if you knew that I was a businessman, then why didn't you at least put the money in the bank? You could have got some interest. Like, I mean, you did nothing with the money. You didn't lose it, but you didn't do anything to gain it. And the way that this master, the king, works our God, he's a God of progression and not regression. He's always looking for us to advance. Put in the chat, the kingdom of God is always advancing. Put in the chat, I'm always advancing because I'm in the kingdom and the kingdom is in me. So he says, you know what? You didn't do anything with the money. So I'm going to take the talent away from you and give it to the one that has 10. In the kingdom, those that have more will be given unto them. And those that have little, even the little they have will be taken away from them if they're untrustworthy and if they're lazy. So he takes the one from the one and gives it to the one that has 10. <laughs> That's a whole different, like, mind blown for people that don't understand how the kingdom works, right? Lord, why you keep giving them more, right? Well, because he's managing what he has well. And he's using it for the, the advancement of the kingdom. And so if he proves that he can manage that, I keep giving him more. Oh, it doesn't make sense. Like, I'll just use a personal example, because I, I know that, that Jay is watching, Monique is watching. And so uh, we have a relationship to Worldwide Technology. Worldwide Technology is owned by Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart is one of the, the richest Americans. And, um, and Worldwide Technology is the largest Black-owned business in the United States. And Dave Stewart is a billionaire. And he, he sows a lot into the kingdom, and he's making kingdom impact. Um, I'm just using him as an example, because I know Dave personally. I know that people in the kingdom will probably say, oh, this doesn't make any... Why would God continue to give him more? Every year, Worldwide Technology continues to make more money. He's, he, he keeps growing. Now, he keeps giving, but he keeps getting more. He keeps giving. He keeps getting more. Why would God continue to give him more? And there's so many poor people in the world. Why, why doesn't God... God is not a socialist. Let's be clear about this. God is not a socialist. God is not doing just like this even distribution of wealth. He said, no, the guy that didn't do anything with this one, I'm going to take it away from the one. I'm going to give it to the guy that has 10. Why? Because he's managing it well. And this is not in my notes, but I feel, I don't know who I'm sharing this for, but I'm sharing this because you need to understand that in the kingdom, if you are faithful over little, God will give you charge over much. In the parable, the master said to the other servants, take this man away from me. He's unfaithful. Matter of fact, throw him away. He, this good for nothing servant, he will be thrown into the outer darkness where there will be a great misery and anguish. Another translation says a weeping and a gnashing of teeth. So what does this mean for you today? You're like, dog, Rick, this is a lot. 
Yeah, there's, that is a lot because there's a lot in this parable. I have three things to share with you about the unfaithful steward and things that we can learn from his life so that we don't do, we don't repeat the same mistakes. You got it? So three things about the unfaithful steward. Number one, the unfaithful steward underestimated the power of small beginnings. As a believer, you got you to gotta appreciate small beginnings. He failed to see the potential that was in that small amount. I'm sure he said, oh man, that dude got five, this dude got two, I only got one. He was there when it was given. He was there when it was, and so sometimes people don't realize, number one, why they got what they got, because that, that's that the stage that they're at, but two, the potential that's in what they got. They, in the kingdom, everything starts small. David was the king of Israel, but he started off as a shepherd boy. He had to be faithful. Watch this. He, in the kingdom, you got to be faithful over the little when no one is watching. So God can make you charge over much when everyone is watching. And if you can't be faithful over the little when no one is watching, God will never release the much when everyone is watching. The reason why God graced David to kill Goliath in front of everybody is because David had killed a lion and a bear when nobody was around. And so, so he was faithful over the flock when nobody was around. And he killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands when only God was watching. So God says, now I can, I can trust you with the level of success when everyone is watching. See, in the kingdom, things start small. In the kingdom, there's a multiplication effect. So, you know, let me, let me learn some things or let's glean some nuggets from this first point. I have three points, but I'm going to give you sub points for each one. So for the first point, A, in the kingdom, you must learn to the value and the purpose that God has placed in every opportunity. Every opportunity God gives you, no matter how small you think it is, there's potential in it. If God gave you the opportunity, then obviously he gave you the opportunity for a reason. And here's a hint. Newsflash is not for you to fail. Put in the chat, I was not born to fail. Put in the chat, I was not born to lose. God didn't set you up for failure. God set you up for success. It's essential for us to realize, recognize the fact that every chance God gives us Every opportunity God sets before us could be the, the beginning of something massive. Say amen to that. B, in the kingdom, small things have the potential for, for massive growth. Jesus often taught about the power of mustard seed faith. Why? Why is it that he talked about that? Why did he talk about the power that's found in one of the world's smallest seeds? Because even a tiny seed can grow into a massive tree. And that's the same thing that happens with us. Uh, uh, listen, you got to be faithful over the little so God can give you charge over much. There's no limit to what God can do, but what you can't do, there's a principle in the Bible that we ought to despise not small beginnings. The faithful steward uh, or the unfaithful steward failed to appreciate the little that he had. The unfaithful steward failed to appreciate the fact that God was preparing him or the master was preparing him for the next, and he failed to make the most of the now. So don't let this be you. See, in the kingdom, see, God checks your perspective. God, in the kingdom, God wants to know, how are you approaching what you're approaching? How are you approaching the, the opportunity that he gave you? Are you doing it? Um, are you being faithful? Are you being obedient? But are you doing it with the right attitude? So as a parent, let's say you tell your, your children, hey, son, take out the trash. If he doesn't, and just grabs the trash and, 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 and is mumbling and moaning and complaining as he's taking out the trash, 
and say, hey, son, why are you doing that? Well, I'm being obedient. You told me, no, 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 you're not because I'm checking your attitude, right? That's not obedience. And so, so not only does God want you to do it, he wants you to do it with the right attitude. This guy, the unfaithful steward, had the wrong attitude. And that's why not only did he not do it, but he, did, he, he didn't do it. He didn't do it with the wrong attitude. See, faith by nature starts with small beginnings. The way that faith works, faith, if you understand how faith works, is always going to start small. God is preparing you for greater responsibilities, but God is going to check your attitude. God is not going to release more to you until you prove yourself faithful over what you have right now and that you're doing it with the right attitude. The other two, the guy with five, the guy with two, when the master returned, hey, master, look, we, I doubled your money. Like I, like I doubled you. This is, this is not something I've got to do. This is something I get to do. Let me pause real quick and talk about giving in church for a minute. Hey, listen, this is an opportunity for you to give. We're going to receive tithes. We're going to receive offerings. We're going to receive, you know, mission outreach or whatever. Like, you know, if you're making out a check, make it out to, or if you walk around and you drop your check with the wrong attitude, like God is checking your attitude. He wants to see, no, no, no. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver whose heart is in his giving. God doesn't want you to just do it. God wants you to do it with the right attitude. Say, I will have the right attitude. God wants you to come around and be like, Lord, I thank you that this is not something I've got to do. This is something I get to do. It's a privilege and an honor to be able to give back unto you. The guy with five talents, the guy with two talents, they said, Master, we doubled your money. And, look, and I'm excited about the fact that I doubled your money and I'm coming to you and I'm, listen, you, you trusted me with something small and I doubled it. Thank you. God is checking your attitude. Say, I'm going to check my attitude. You got to do an attitude check from time to time. Say attitude check. Put that in the chat. And then D, in the kingdom, every little bit counts. Now, here's a principle. In the kingdom, every little bit counts. I, I like that because um, I, I get this from the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000. It was 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So it was probably more like 15,000 people. But Jesus fed five, 15,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. And I love the fact that when it was all over, Jesus said, hey, go pick up the leftovers, pick up the scraps. I don't want anything to be wasted. See, in the kingdom, there's nothing insignificant. In the kingdom, God is saying, listen, what you consider to be small, that all of these things add up over time. What you don't want to do, you, you want to you pay attention. The Bible says, is the small foxes that ruin the vine. It, it, so you want to pay attention to the small things. Is the small things that ruin a marriage. It's the small things that break down relationships. It's those little snide comments. Oh, I love you, babe. <clears throat> you know, it's those small things. So you got to be careful. In the kingdom, things that you think are small are significant to God. All of, he said, let nothing be wasted. And so, yes, this guy, he, he had the lowest amount, but it was significant. It was significant to God. Listen, what you don't want to do is see anything as insignificant. Take what God has given you and appreciate it. Have the right, right attitude towards it and be a good and faithful steward. And then when you do it, when you're faithful over little, then the Bible says God will give you charge over much. Say amen to that. All right. Number two, the unfaithful steward was not future oriented. Put in the chat, say, I will be future oriented. You got to be future oriented. He acted as if there was no tomorrow. This man acted as if there was no day of reckoning coming. He, he acted as if he wasn't going to have to give account. He buried that money. He knew the guy was going to come back eventually. And so here's some things you could glean from this. In the kingdom, accountability is inevitable. At the end of the day, we're going to stand before God. You, you got to live your life with an understanding that a day of reckoning will be coming. Like our decisions and actions and, and level of stewardship or, or not stewardship 
We're going to be held accountable and responsible for that. God, there's going to come a day where you and I have to stand before God and give account to what we did with the one life that God gave us. There's going to be two piles, the Bible says. Not, 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 not getting to heaven. Getting to heaven, the only thing is, why should I let you into my heaven? Well, did you accept Jesus, my son, as your Lord? That's the only answer for that, right? First John 4 and 17 says, I'm going to, as Jesus says, so am I in this world. First John 4 and 16 says, you and I, we're going to be able to stand before God on the day of judgment with boldness. The, the only reason why we get into heaven is because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. We get into heaven because of Jesus. That's salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. After we're in heaven, our works are going to be judged. And there's going to be two piles. The Bible says that one pile is gold and silver and precious stones. That's all the things that we did for God. There's another pile over here that's wood and hay and stubble. Those are all the things that we did for self. And, and all of that is going to be tested by the fire. And when it's tested by the fire, the wood and the hay and the stubble is going to be burnt up. And only what you do for God is going to last. So as a believer, you got to know that you're going to have to stand before God and give account. In Matthew 12 and 36, Jesus said, you know what? You're even going to have to give account for every idle word that you've spoken, every unproductive word that you've If you understand Matthew 12 and 36, Jesus said, you're going to have to give account for every idle word, every unproductive word. You wouldn't say some of the things that you say. You got to check your, listen, how are you living your life? You got to learn to be kingdom minded. All right. So so when you're kingdom-minded, you recognize that your earthly actions have eternal implications, right? When you're kingdom-minded, you know that, that you're not short-sighted. You're thinking about not only this world, but the world to come. You have an eternal perspective. You're, you're laying up for yourselves treasure in heaven. You're, you're doing things now that have eternal value. Put in the chat, I, say, say this, say, I am doing things now that have eternal value. Say this, put this in the chat. I am building up my account in heaven. Uh, say this, put this in the chat. Say, I am living my life now with an understanding that there's a world to come. There's an eternal, when you live your life with an eternal perspective, it adds weight and significance to your actions. Listen, all of this stuff down here is gonna, you're not gonna take it with you. Like all of this stuff down here, like you should live with an understanding that there's another life that, that, that you as a believer transition to an eternal life and that that life is what we should be living for now. And so if you just live your life short-sighted, focused on the now, this guy, he wasn't, he wasn't even thinking about the master coming back. He was just one talent. Let me just bury it. And I do, he didn't have an eternal perspective. And having an eternal perspective is a sign of spiritual maturity. Having an eternal perspective, when you are living your life future-oriented, when you understand that you're not just living your life for the here and now, you're, you, you actually consider God's plan and you consider what God wants to do in your life five years from now, 10 years from now, and you're open and you're making decisions today based on what God revealed to you about your future. You're not just thinking about yourself. You're actually thinking about you, your children and your children's children. You have a legacy mindset. You're thinking about your grandchildren. You're setting, the Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, that you're leaving an inheritance of righteousness, not just financial, but financial too. And you're, you're doing things that are right. You're, you're making decisions that honor the Lord. You're building up a legacy. Listen, I've been thinking about legacy a lot lately because I've been getting so many testimonies about my books. And I think about all the videos that I have online. I think about all the content that I've produced. I, I think about all the investments that I've made in other people. I, today's word is, this is year number 26. I think about the books that I published and how all of these things will outlive me. When you have an eternal mindset, when you think like God, 
you, you're seeing the bigger picture. And then last point from this point, you know, from the second point, is that when you have that type of mindset, then the Holy Spirit can help you balance. Put this in the chat. The Holy Spirit helps me balance my present with my future. The Holy Spirit leads me in this balance of my present and my future. While it is essential to be future oriented, it is also essential to not neglect the present. So I, I need to be future oriented while at the same time making the most of my present. I have to appreciate that the next is coming, but I can't be so caught up in the next that I fail to appreciate the now. Let me just make, make this point, this, this last point as I close out point number two. There are some people that are so excited about what God has told them about their future that they actually allow the excitement of their tomorrow to rob them of their joy of their today. This happened to me years ago. I got to Virginia. Um, some people that know me well kind of know what I'm what I'm talking about. You know, I, I don't really want to say it. I'm like speaking in parables. But anyway, I got to Virginia. And when I got to Virginia, the Lord really ministered to me about certain things about what he has called me to do long term. And I got so excited about that. And I got so caught up in that, that I was waiting for it to happen. And it still hasn't happened yet. And I've been in Virginia for 13 years now. I thought it was going to happen like that, but it didn't. And so since it didn't happen, there was a period of my life a few years ago where I was almost bitter. Like, like I was still doing today's work, still living life and all that. But it, from a spiritual perspective, I was a little bit frustrated. And, and I had to check myself. The Lord had to get a hold of me so that I wouldn't be bitter. I was getting bitter because I allowed the expectation of my tomorrow to rob me of the joy of my today. <laughs> God wants you to balance. The Holy Spirit will help you to balance the excitement of your tomorrow with the responsibility of your today. So yes, I know that greater is coming. Say greater is coming. Put in the chat, greater is coming for me. I know that greater is coming, but guess what? I'm, I'm going to appreciate the now and also get ready for the next. I'm going to balance both. I'm living with an eternal mindset. I'm living with an eternal perspective. Say amen to that. Man, that was good teaching right there. That's not in my notes. Today, I'm giving you a lot that's not in the notes, but this is good stuff. All right, number three, last point for today, and then I'll let you go. The unfaithful steward missed out on the joy of co-laboring with the master. You know what? He missed out on the joy of having an opportunity to actually partner with the master. The, when, by him making the master win, he was actually going to win himself. The other two said, I doubled your money, and then it's like, okay, well, you get to participate in the joy. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. They had an opportunity. This guy had an opportunity to to partner with the master. Here's some things you can glean from this as I close. A, there's joy in partnering with God. Put in the chat, say, I partner with God. Put in the chat, I, I'm partnered with God. God is partnered with me. I'm in the kingdom and the kingdom is in me. I am in God and God is in me. Who glory to God. I'm taking God with me today. And I'm in Kansas City. Every meeting, every conversation, all the activity that I engage in today, I'm taking God with me. One of the most fulfilling things you can have as a believer is knowing that you are working in tandem with God. Put in the chat, I work in tandem with God. God speaks through my vocal cords. He thinks through my mind. He operates through my limbs. This is not something I've got to do. This is something I get to do. I have an eternal purpose. I have an internal fulfillment. Why? Because I know that I'm walking with God and God is walking with me. B, there is joy in receiving recognition and approval from God. There's nothing like a father's recognition. There's nothing like he for hearing from a father. I, I, I yearned for this because I didn't grow up with my father. And so, so I, I didn't know that I needed a father's approval. When my spiritual father says, hey, son, I'm proud of you, or when my heavenly father says, hey, son, I'm proud of you, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, there's a level of, of fulfillment that you get when you hear well done. Two of the servants, they heard well done. One didn't. 
you, what you want to do is hear well done, but you're not going to hear well done if you haven't done well. And so, so you want to do well. You want to honor God. You want to be a good steward. And then see, last point, there's a level of spiritual satisfaction that comes from knowing that you are in the center of God's will. Put in the chat, say, I'm in the center of God's will. When you know that you're doing the will of God every day, like I get up, I'm doing today's word. I'm excited about it. I release it. I put it on YouTube. It goes out to the podcast. I do these little one minute videos. I send it all out and then I go to work. I do all this work before I go to work. And I know that I've done what the Lord wanted me to do. There's a level of fulfillment that comes from knowing that you are co-laboring with God. Put in the chat, say, I co-labor with Christ. It's all about him. Say amen to that. Woof, that's enough. I gave you a lot for today. Let's close it out with a declaration of faith. You ready? Have you been enjoying this? I, I can't see the chat uh, because obviously I'm in a hotel room, but I hope that you guys have been enjoying it. So I want you to lift up your voice and declare this over your life for today. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So I boldly declare that I will not be like the unfaithful steward who lacked initiative. Uh-oh, this is the wrong declaration. One second. All right. Give me one second. One second. All right. Here we go. I recognize the potential in every opportunity that you provide for me, no matter how small. I will not despise small beginnings. I know that they can lead to significant outcomes. I am committed to being faithful over the little, knowing that it's preparing me for the much. I am kingdom minded recognizing that my actions today have eternal implications. I am building up treasures in heaven through my earthly stewardship. I'm committed to leaving a legacy that honors you and that blesses others. And I'm committed to living in the center of your will, doing what you have called me to do. Now, living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button. You get my notes for free. Why not sign up? Click on the big red subscribe button. Put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I hope that you enjoyed this message. I need you to do me a favor. Two things. Go into the chat and leave me some comments there uh, if this message was a blessing to you. And then number two, share this message right now, right now, right now, on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day. Greater is coming for you. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material and there's also apparel there as well listen thank you for being a blessing to us we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you